Hello, this is Paula. And this is Susanna. And And this this is is the the Joy Joy of Home Home podcast. The Joy of Home is a podcast about stories of the love of home, the joy of your own home, how you make your spaces personal to yourself. We'll have conversations about what makes a happy home with a variety of guests. And you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to The Joy of Home. And we have another guest with us today. We have Erica Davies. Hello, Erica. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me on. I have obviously followed you on Instagram for ages. I can't remember when I first Likewise. started. Well, lovely. Thank you. And um, you are, I think, best known proper for your very colourful and fun and very joyful uh, both fashion and home decor style. Is this always been your thing, ball patterns and lovely bright colours? I don't know if it has actually. I think I've always been really drawn to colour and colour now really grounds me and makes me feel very happy. And I mean, I'll talk about it in a bit, but it's interesting hearing, now my children are getting a little bit older, it's really interesting listening to what they say about our home and our and the colours and things. But I was, as Paula knows, I was a fashion editor for a very long time, uh, the best part of 20 years. Wow. And I think for a lot of that time, I was very much rooted in that fashion editor tradition of wearing black. Oh yes, black, <laughs> yes. absolutely. Because it's you know, you're kind of blending into the background. It's all about the image. It's all about the model. You're you're the kind of the person behind the scenes creating the image. And I just got into that rut and it was very easy. You know, I could get the Zara dupes rather than the Prada, Prada version, things like that. You know, it was always very, very easy to dress. Plus everything goes together. But fundamentally, my happy place is color and print. I love print clashing. I like wearing similar colours together, but in different patterns. And I think that's what makes me happy. And actually, I think we'll probably discuss this further too, but I do feel that the world of interiors and the world of fashion are very closely aligned. If you can put an outfit together in a way that pleases you, you can put a room together in a very similar way. I think they, they have very similar rules, if you like. I'm saying that in inverted commas because I don't really believe in rules, but rules so so when you um when you were dressing in your sort of black and doing the sort of whole fashion thing was your home different to that were you were you styling your home in a different oh, way well that's a good question and interestingly no so my first the first flat that I bought was in London and it was in Stoke Newington in northeast London and I loved it it was absolutely tiny but I can remember painting my front door this really glossy lilac colour. I had beautiful kind of turquoise because the people I bought the flat from had um, one of those freestanding IKEA kitchens. And I didn't think about it until the day that I moved in. And 
the kitchen was completely bare. They had taken everything. <laughs> so I had very temporary kitchen for a long time and then put in a, a you know, a kind of cheap units. And I went for these beautiful turquoise tiles. So very neutral new units, but then these gorgeous tiles. They just made me really, really, I loved them. And even now, actually, my mum still says, oh, remember those beautiful tiles you had? <laughs> but yeah, so I definitely had these splashes. Yeah, the law of colour was there. The law of colour was definitely there. And then uh, when I met my husband, we moved to a house in West Norwood, South East London. And I... It was a very traditional Victorian house and it had beautiful, the thing that I loved about it was that it had these beautiful stained glass windows, but not the traditional church style. They were kind of um, pink and yellow and blue and they were gorgeous. And then all up the stairs. The must be so beautiful from that. Like it just gives such a warm, gorgeous, colorful light. It was beautiful and we were lucky enough to have the stair side that wasn't attached to the house next door. So that went up the staircase and we just had these beautiful lights. And I used the cow parsley wallpaper to pick out the yellow from that, um, the stained glass in yellow all the way up the stairs. And I just loved it. Loved it. So yes, and then my confidence grew, I think. Yeah. What I picked up from the whole, your, your, you were talking about your first flat and... I kind of like noticed that you were mentioning that how the bright purple or lilac door made you feel very happy and how those tiles made you feel. So I think that's just kind of like interesting that often we find what we are most attracted to if we just follow the feeling rather than thinking that, well, what's a sensible choice or what's fashionable or what could it be? But if you just go with what what actually makes you feel like home or what makes you feel happy and then you are kind of like on the right path, I think. I think that's a really interesting point as well, because that's something I've talked about to lots of people before. I think a lot of people are so worried about living in a, or doing things to a home that will then offend the people that buy the house next. And you could be in that house for the next 20 years. So are you just kind of, you know, splashing around treading water until you move on and then do the same thing? So, and I think that was very much a conscious decision when we moved here. So we moved out of London eight years ago. Um, we're right on the Essex-Suffolk border, which is beautiful. And we bought a house that we would never have been able to afford in London, you know, and we've got a lot more space. But it was an absolute bland magnolia box when we moved in. But I do remember just thinking, well, I'm going to go for it because we could be here for the next 20 years, as I just said. And I really want my children to grow up in a space that they feel excited and comfortable and stimulated by. And it's really interesting. As I, and as I mentioned at the beginning, you know, it's very interesting. Now they're starting to develop. We're having conversations. You know, my son is 13, but he is five foot 10 and size 10 shoe (laughs) and he's already starting that whole can do you think I could have a double bed because I'm very tall and blah 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 and and I'm saying and my husband's saying well we were in a single bed till we were probably about 20 so I think you'll be fine (laughs) but it's just interesting hearing their perspective on the color and I always say do you think you're going to be a minimalist when you leave home and you've got your own flat and both of them interestingly have said no we really it makes us really happy it's fascinating with children actually because my um I've always had my mix of vintage and my mix of vintage in color and um my son is like just do 
you know, knock your socks off, mum, do whatever you want. I don't care. You know, I'm quite happy. And he's always happy with what I do. The girls have got their own style, but they've come round to the Hill House vintage way, which I'm so relieved about. <laughs> so they, they love that mix of vintage. They've got slightly different styles. Like one is into sort of faded um, Victoriana and wants a, you know, wants butterflies on the wall, you know, pinned butterflies. And then the other one's a bit more pretty, pretty. But it's it's interesting how your children do sort of like absorb, absorb what you're sort of like into over time. They might rebel for a bit. Have they, have they ever rebelled against what you do? I don't know. I think we might probably still be going through that. We might get that in, an, in another couple of years. But it's definitely interesting the way that they're starting to, you know, even a few years ago, I did their, I redecorated their bedrooms or I decorated their bedrooms just before COVID hit. And so that's not that long ago, but actually in the space of children growing up, three years is actually quite a long time. So my son was 10 then, he's now 13. Now that's a big difference. And I'm very pleased with the way I did their rooms because I did try very much to keep it a kind of sophisticated space that they could then embellish or change slightly themselves. But it's interesting because the things that they're adding now are very much their own take. And I'm trying to keep my hands (laughs) up. So my son's got posters going up and my daughter's got this fake ivy that she bought on Amazon with some birthday money. Well, that must be some sort of teenage thing. Honestly, her room is filled with this fake ivy. She thinks it's very aesthetic. That is the word. That's what she, my daughter keeps saying. It's very aesthetic. I'm like, I'm not sure you know that. what that means. That's an important word, though, definitely. Yeah, they do love that. It's, it's very so TikTok. Funny. I mean, there are so many TikTok trends, aren't it there? It must be TikTok. How to do your room. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Pinterest, my daughter's Pinterest is very important source of information for and the my, teenagers. My daughter's just my daughter's just asked me to um, invite her to shuffles. You know the Pinterest mood board app that you can um, you can get now. Oh, it's oh my goodness! I don't, I don't know that one. There are so I'm many. I'm making a note. My- <laughs> shuffles is fantastic. I will invite you both oh, yeah, later. Um, <laughs> it's just a really it's really good way of kind of creating mood boards, but in a very clever way. So it will cut out all the backgrounds on things and you can kind oh, of amazing. Place it. Perfect. So she's, and she loves that. She will spend hours putting mood boards together. And I think she's quite, she does say she wants to be an interior designer, which I would love. How wonderful. Yeah, handy. Yeah. How wonderful. Well, you, you never know. I wanted to be an interior designer when I was around 17, 18. And my parents said it wasn't a proper career at that time. <laughs> So I went. So I went into something totally. You went into different. fashion. I went, I went, <laughs> via, via a degree that was a proper degree, apparently, um, and I went into fashion. So, but now we're so our children are so lucky because we embrace so many things, don't we? And we we're like do what you know fills you with passion, which is a wonderful attitude. To I have. know, and you can find out about all these options because I was just going to say that I, when I was seventeen or eighteen. I had not even heard of a profession called interior designers. To be honest, in the 90s Finland, I'm not sure if there were many, many <laughs> people who were earning their living by designing other people's homes because, well, it just wasn't it. But I think it's really interesting, isn't it? Because I went to a school that was very much about the, you know, go and have a profession. So, the you know, the doctors, the dentists, the bank managers, all of those things that people kind of 
could tick the box for. And if you look at the three of us now, we've all come from different backgrounds, but we've created these jobs that I, I always think, how would I describe what I do now to my grandma who is no longer with us? But how would I describe it? Because she wouldn't have a clue. I put things on on an app, Grandma, and, and, yeah, and exactly. I know. brands pay me sometimes. <laughs> but you see, the funny thing is now my father is my biggest cheerleader. You know, he's like, yeah, what are you posting? Come on, post again, post some more, you know, tag things. And um, so he gets it now. And I keep saying, do you remember when you said I shouldn't be doing anything to do with interiors, Dad? <laughs> yeah, look at me oh, now, look Papa. At me now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it becomes more concrete for but my mom, who is, um, well, it's probably best not to reveal her age on a public forum like this, but she quite enjoys posting on Instagram herself. And she has over a thousand followers, which she's very happy about as well so <laughs> what does she does she talk about interiors or her day-to-day no, life how do, what does she talk about she's more into well she likes to post pictures of her dog which is obviously a very very good wonderful and she's really into doing all sorts of crafts and like knitting so she also posts about that so that's her that's her this niche. is what I love about this is what I love about social media is the di- the diversity and the, the interests and then people finding you based upon your niche, you know. Exactly. And I always say that to the kids as well, you know, you should always embrace what you love doing because actually there will be somebody who will really get a kick out always. of it too. There's an audience for everyone and there's a community for everyone, which is, you know, one of the things that brought me to social media in the first place is finding that community. Definitely. Do you, do you think you've ch- your style has changed because of Instagram at all? Has that or being on social media, has that made a difference? I think it's probably given me more self-confidence, actually, because you're, you know, in a very shallow way, you're getting that instant validation that something you're posting has connected with somebody. But equally, I think I was always very comfortable trying things on. And I think my, you know, years spent in a cupboard dressing models and trying things and trying different styles and things. But obviously, I'm I'm not a model. I don't have a model shape. So dressing myself is, is a different thing. But in a, in a lot of ways, those lessons I learned from dressing other people has really helped me. So I think that my confidence has definitely grown and I'm much more, I actually care less now. Doing is partly of age thing as well, because I feel the same. And I'm, I think it's just more that you, when you get older, you just need far less validation from other people. Or I think there's a lot of that. I think if I feel comfortable Not that I'm suggesting that you are of any age, obviously, but you know, I just turned 47 I mean, this week. I am. <laughs> I turned 47 this week. When was your birthday? Mine was on Tuesday. Mine was last Monday. It's <laughs> the sixth. <laughs> the oh my goodness, we are nearly birthday twins. Well, happy birthday to you. This is, happy it's, birthday. It's, and may, and may I just say that you're both babies, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Susanna, that's so funny. Oh, 76 girl. Exactly. November 76, no less. Yeah. Yes. No, so I definitely feel that. I definitely feel that it's just that kind of, I don't care as much. And it's lovely if people do connect, but if they don't and they send you a horrible message or they, you know, comment a snarky comment, that's fine. That That's fine. It's Fashion is so subjective, but actually if you're feeling that you feel good, that's the only validation you need, really. No, it's so true because you can only, you have to walk in your own shoes, don't you? Because nobody 
no, nobody can tell me that I would look better in a mini skirt these days. You know, if I don't feel <laughs> <laughs> if I don't feel comfortable wearing that short skirt, or you know, if it's for the home, if 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 I don't feel like that lamp goes or whatever, it doesn't it doesn't matter what other people say or think. You know, it's it's nice hearing opinions sometimes. You know, if people say it respectfully. But, you know, at the end of the day, it has to be how you live, how you dress, what you wear, what you would, you know, what you want to surround yourself with. And I love that actually people can, I get a lot of messages. I'm sure you're the same, Paula. I get a lot of messages from people who say, I saw this and thought of you. And I love that your style kind of speaks for itself. And and even if you're not aware of it, people are picking up on those, those things. Yeah, well, I would say that you have a very recognizable style. I think you, you have one of, like, you know, if I see your picture on my, and even if it's not presenting you, I, I feel like that, you know, just from the colors and the feel of it, I think I think you can often tell that it's from your, which actually reminds me, I did some re- research this morning. I like the hard way I can just go on Instagram and do some fun scrolling and call it research. Can you tell, <laughs> can you tell us more about your colorful sofa? I don't know where in, in the world I have been, but I haven't actually, I have missed it completely. Oh. It's absolutely amazing. <laughs> so tell me, Thanks. surely there's some sort, there must be a story behind that sofa. Nobody goes and chooses a sofa like that without the story, surely. Well, I really, I had a green sofa that was very, I, it was in a lot of my pictures for years, years and years, but it had started to fade really badly in the sun because we've got these three Velux light windows here and it's against these windows. Anyway, it wasn't, was never that comfortable. So we started thinking about a new sofa, but as you know, it's a pricey business. And I just I saw this particular sofa. It's the Long Island sofa from sofa.com and it's modular. And in my Pinterest, back to good old Pinterest, I had saved lots and lots of modular sofas. So things like um, Ligne Rose or La Roche Beaubois, um, however you pronounce it, I think it's Beaubois, isn't it? And they were all either different prints on the different modules. There's also a fabulous kind of iCat covered sofa from Anthropology Home, which you've probably seen. And all of these things, I just kept thinking, well, you don't have to have it in one colour. And then sofa.com said that they actually, re- they will use any other fabric. You don't have to use their fabrics. And I had already fallen in love with the Romar- Romo Linara fabric collection. So I just played around with colour samples that I had and the four colours that I've chosen and then the one for the footstool they're all colours that I've used around the house because I like that thread that kind of connects and pulls the eye in and so yes each colour in the sofa represents a colour that I've used around the house. Does it take you a while to sort of make those decisions you talked about um, having your Pinterest board are you um, I always call myself a slow decorator because I take a long time to make that decision I know what I want and once it happens I tend not to change that for a long time do you will you sort of change your will you be thinking about changing your decor next year or is it like no I've settled on this I love this unless it's faded or no yeah exactly no I'm very happy we did the the first room we actually did when we moved in was our living room which I painted in juniper ash little green and if I had a pound for every time anyone's ever asked me that color I would not be on Instagram (laughs) um but I still absolutely love it I feel like it's warm it it still feels fresh the same with the green carpet on the stairs I had lots of comments when I initially decided to do it so 
for anyone that doesn't follow me, I've got a very um, grass green coloured carpet that runs up the stairs. It's from Roger Oates. It's, I think it's the new Hadley and it's in lime. And I've got black and white tiles in the hall on the floor. And I just love the combination. And I have to say, even now, I walk down the stairs and it puts a smile on my face. And that's six and a half years, seven years later. That's amazing. That's what you need. So, yes, there, but although I have noticed that where the dog comes running down, there is a little patch that's being worn. <laughs> and I don't know where, I don't know what to do about that. You see, I might have to sort of. But you see, that that's different. When there, when there's a reason to um, change something, you know, if, if it does get worn or if it does get damaged, there's a reason that it's quite an exciting, you know, opportunity to maybe do something different. But on the whole, you sort of, you tend to know what you like and you keep those choices for a while. I'm very decisive. So for example, if I know that I want a particular colour, I will only look at those colours. I will only, I will kind of hone it right down. But I'm, I'm like that in in most things I can make very quick decisions about things and I'm the same when I go clothes shopping I talked about it in my first book actually the art of the scan I can definitely go into a shop scan the store and I can kind of very quickly identify the areas that I want to look at and I will just look at those and then I'll go because that's what's interesting to me. That must be your background as a fashion editor because you have to you have to create an edit don't you if you're going on a fashion shoot you can't bring hordes and hordes and hordes of clothes you've got to edit it down. You've got to edit it down you've got to be decisive and I do think that's the same with Instagram you know a lot of people are following you because they want your edit on things they don't have time to be going around the shops and looking at loads and loads of jumpers or loads and loads of pairs of trousers so actually if they trust you and your taste and they've got a similar body shape you're doing it for them perfect yeah yeah and and that's what I I think I'm very decisive when it comes to things like that and I'm the same with my home I kind of make a decision about color or a style and then that's it and my my poor husband doesn't really get a say (laughs) just on the cost I just have to say does he want to say though because some some people don't want the say do they so yeah some people are not really that bothered anyway he he tr- very much trusts me. I'm sure your partners are exactly the same, that he very much trusts me that I'll get on with it. He just wants to know the bottom line, really. How much is it going to yeah. cost? <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> well, I was also going to ask you, because for my research, the thorough research I was doing this morning, um, I noticed that you also have a pink kitchen. I have a pink kitchen. Yes. And the story behind my pink kitchen is that it is the wildest interior decision I've have done in this house it's the boldest color I have anywhere it took me a full week before I start to feel like okay maybe I can live with this but I'm guessing your pink because it's quite a subtle pink that I'm guessing that's one of your most neutral rooms then really for you well it is quite a pale pink yes it's um yes and I was going to go for calamine which was farrow and ball I but love then that. the kitchen yeah, I love that too. But then that didn't quite work. I wanted something that was going to, because the reason I changed it is because our kitchen is north facing. Mm. And actually, I had a very dark blue kitchen, which I absolutely adored when we first put it in. Um, and it worked beautifully for five years. But actually, it was dark. And when the sun, so now the sun is in the garden, which is just here, which is why I've positioned my laptop here. But that means that the kitchen is actually quite dark. And that just wasn't working with the dark blue. So I started to think about it. And again, it's about these combination of colours that I've used throughout the rest of the house. And the pink was becoming a bit of a theme. Um, I've got lots of little bits of pockets of pink. and We've just done our bedroom and I've done a pink dressing room and things like that. So 
I just thought, and I said to my husband, "What? how do you feel about having a pink kitchen? He was like, fine. I showed him the colour, but he's he's very relaxed about it. But I do love it. Do you love yours, Susanna? Absolutely what colour did you go it. for? I have pink round also from Farron Ball. And I feel like that it's a, such a nice, soft, pale pink that in actually in lots of lights, it looks more like one of my beloved off-whites, which I'm sure you won't be even looking twice. But it's for me, that's what feels home to me. So I've always been quite drawn to that. But yes, no, it's, it feels like a little bit more unusual at least so it's not all neutral and all just off whites to have a little bit of pink we've, there. we've actually all got very very different taste <laughs> we we? absolutely we <laughs> absolutely it's all, but then i say that i think does it depend on the house you're in does it depend on maybe because, for me it um, does i think i've i've brought some colors with, from my old house which was a victorian um terrace in london and um i tried to live with some very different it was sort of deep red damasks and deep green when we first moved into hill house and i realized i didn't love it so i copied the, the color scheme which is very far and ball and very sort of chalky greens and chalky sort of pale off whites um so people think my house is very colorful but it's actually the background that's um neutral and then i put all the color into the furnishings but i've, I've copied um i've copied what i've i had in my old houses but if I was in a modern house, maybe I'd do something totally different. Yeah. So this house is not that old. And we similarly came from a Victorian London house. And it was just a blank magnolia box. I think I mentioned that at the top of the show. But it's it was very, very boring and very bland. But I could just see the potential because there are windows and the sunshine and the, you know, the light. Um, and so we just went for it, but it's not our forever home. And I do have a hankering to live in a Georgian symmetrical house like yours, Paula. Talk to me all, Erica. That is my life. We need to talk. That's my lifelong dream. When we moved to Bath, I stupidly thought that, oh, this is now my chance. I'm going to now buy my lovely big Georgian house somewhere. Went to right move. About two minutes later, I was like, oh, I think I need even <laughs> more money or a different dream because it's not going to be happening. Or to, or to move to Norfolk. <laughs> you need to move to Norfolk. You need to move to Norfolk. <laughs> there's there's so many beautiful properties. I do a, a right move haul, a sh- scroll probably twice a week. <laughs> Me too. And I'm always, my parameters are constantly <laughs> getting further away. That's the only way to do it because otherwise you don't get enough exciting houses. But yes, you just have to, it, it's like the forever house Paul and I have been talking about this loss before because I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's for me at all. I feel like that that sounds scary idea for me that I would have to commit myself to one house for the rest of my life. That's so, so I think interesting. I'm happy to label all the houses I'll ever live in house for now. And I'm really happy. I'm really not rushing into anything. I'm not at all desperate to move or did, anything. Because did you, did you build your house? No. So we bought, so rather tired 1969 split level bungalow is what we bought just was in a really very pretty plot which was I think the main attraction for us it sits really nicely in there like it's we're on a hill so we have quite nice views but obviously our garden is sloping as a you know there's always a payback for everything every perk that you get and we renovated it completely it was quite different house before 
because you have got the pantry of dreams, haven't you? In that, well, house. that's yeah. But it's like even with the, we didn't even increase if we didn't increase the footprint at all. And actually, the pantry. Sometimes people ask, well, why is it that shape? Well, that's because it just follows the outer wall. We just put the doors in there, and made that as a kind of like a storage unit. We didn't we didn't do any extensions apart from building a top new top floor. So it's not a bungalow anymore. Now it's a house. Yeah. <laughs> so so to. Speaking of forever houses, so uh, do you feel that your home now, Erica, isn't your forever home? Um, no, I don't. I love it. And it is absolutely perfect. My children are now both at secondary school. They walk 10 minutes and they're there. Um, you know, all their friends are nearby. We're near parks. We're near the water. We're near countryside. It's great for the dog. It's perfect for now. 10 minutes down the road, we're at the station, which takes you into direct train into London. My husband works in London every day. So, it's and I, I was looking and just before the summer I fell in love with another house that I went to see twice and it would have been one of these it, it was one of these houses that was right on the water we live right by the river Stour and it was right on the water it had a couple of acres of property but a tiny little Victorian cottage that had kind of been extended and I just absolutely fell in love with it it was it was it was such a special location, but it was all the practical things. You know, my heart was going for it, but my head was saying, "Hang on," because financially we would have crippled our absolutely crippled ourselves, and the Wi-Fi was really poor. I mean, can you imagine if you didn't? Have oh my goodness! Wi-Fi I know, I know, our doing, lives, doing our lives. <laughs> exactly, and it's those silly things. And also, there was only one train per hour that would bring the children back near school and near all their friends. And I just thought. In the teenage years, this is not it's what. It's not the right this is time. Not the right decision. So the way that I felt about that house made me realise that I've definitely got another move or two in me. Um, but I think while the kids are still at school, we will definitely be here. I've had my heart broken a couple of times with houses. Um, when we were moving up, when we were moving up to Norfolk, we lost three houses before we. Um, found well actually we found Hill House first of all Um, we felt it wasn't right for us we lost three other houses and then came back to it so it was obviously the right house for us but um, there is still a a couple of houses in my heart that I think oh my goodness my heart's broken they may come back to me so this one may come back to you houses are like people they come into your life at the right time and I think that's why you can't really get too worked up about it there's only so much that's in your control when you're buying a house and that's all you can, that's all you can control. So I think for us, we were very much, you know, I, I spoke to the owner who'd been there for 40 years and she was, she'd just become a widow, sadly. And so she was moving because it was all, you know, too much now. And it, we, I really liked her. She really liked us. I took the children, you know, it was all of these conversations were happening. And then actually we just realized that we would be absolutely we wouldn't be able we would be on beans forever well that's that's good that you're that's good that your head won at that point I don't think it's always the right thing but I think at that point because you were thinking of all the other things that it would um that would have to change I definitely that was the most important thing but I the the thing for me and I've even got a secret Pinterest board (laughs) based on this house because my heart my head started racing because it was a cottage and I even had I got an architect around to kind of give me some ideas on prices yeah so it was 
I could see what this house could look like in my eye. I knew exactly how I would do it. I knew exactly the layout I would do. And I could see how fabulous it would be. And actually, if you got through the next few years, financially, it would have been a brilliant investment. But we just couldn't make it all work. And we weren't prepared to put ourselves in that position or to kind of give the kids that difficulty during a time when they should be able to just walk to their friends houses or no, absolutely. You know, be a bit more be a bit more independent it's really a dust kind of like something it's not really moving and renovating and all that is such a hassle it's such a financial burden that if you are not thinking that this is like the best thing ever it is a really difficult thing to try to motivate yourself to do it. Even if the long run, it would be good financially. It's just you, you have to get through and your family needs to get through the, the painful times as well first. Yeah. I mean, I've got, I've got a couple of friends in London who are serial renovators and they've done very well out of it. But I've always thought, gosh, I, I just couldn't do it myself. I couldn't kind of keep moving and doing it all up and living in a building site and then as soon as it's ready they're off again (laughs) it just must be quite discombobulating well I've been doing that but in a slower pace we've always renovated but we've always then stayed in good few years after the house has been finished just to kind of like erase the bad memories like I'm now in that state I'm like it wasn't that bad. It was all right. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, yeah, we had to live it's like childbirth. Exactly. What are you talking about? It was all right. So, yeah, I got, you know, the false sense of, like, it wasn't that bad. I could easily do it again. This time I know better. Like, you know, all that thing is running in my head. So, this is, yeah, this, this is the longest like I've stayed in a house. We've been here for 15 years. And we've done exactly what you said, Erica. Every single time we've had a, starting off with a flat and then a house, We've got it to perfection. We've moved. So this one, I haven't. We haven't actually done all the renovations we want to do. So I am wondering whether when when I do the kitchen, when I eventually do all of the things, it's taken us a long time. I'm a slow decorator, remember. <laughs> but um, when we do all of the things, I and it's expensive. It's very expensive. I wouldn't be surprised if that's when you may see Hill House Mark Two. <laughs> Right. When when you've done it. I, it's interesting. And I don't know whether you two are the same, but I do get a lot of messages from people saying things like, I'm really grateful that you show a real time scale and a time frame for decorating your house. Because I think quite often on social media, we see people quickly doing it. And obviously, it depends on financial circumstances. And, you know, no, no, I'm not no shade of, to those you know, who, slating, yes, not, who not slating yeah, anybody at all because everyone's in a different mm. financial situation and sometimes you're buying a house that you can afford yes. to do up straight away. But I think it's really nice when you see, oh, they're, they're now doing, a couple of years later, they're now moving on to the bathroom, they're now doing this because that's how we've had to do this one. And I do get a lot of messages saying, I'm really grateful that you're not showing us an Insta yes, renovation. It's, it's, very, it's a very realistic thing to have to wait for a while before you can do anything. Erica, is your home, are there any elements of your home that's like your childhood home? Is there anything that you brought with you over the over the years? Or is it completely different to the home you grew up in? It's completely different to the home I grew up in. So I grew up in um, a 1926 arts and crafts house on the Wirral. It was, it was lovely. It was, it was a, a large semi-detached house. My mum and dad only recently moved from it two years ago, so they've moved to be nearer to us. So I don't have any connection to the Wirral anymore, sadly. Um, But what I've noticed when my mum and dad moved down here, 
they obviously had to get rid of a lot of that. They've moved downsized, so they've moved to a smaller modern house. And a lot of their lovely Victorian, Victoriana old furniture didn't fit. But I've now got quite a few bits oh, of that's it. Lovely. So you are ready for your next house then when you buy your three Victorian cottage, you already have a good supply of... Oh, I've got a good <laughs> supply. I, I love, for me, I love the mix of those brown pieces of furniture with something modern oh, or something colourful next to it. And it makes me sad when you go into lots. So I went to a, uh, out for breakfast with my friend last week, and we popped into this vintage kind of barn next door just to have a little look. And it was full to the brim of brown furniture, you know, big chests of drawers and big. And they're just yes, but people—they're so unfashionable that people don't like them, and they don't want them. I think sometimes they're quite big. I find that that sometimes I think people will be. I have a feeling that it will have a new coming. Like like you said about how fashion and home decor are actually very heavily linked, and yeah. I feel like Brown is definitely having a second or I don't know maybe first coming. I don't actually know that was about fashion in, but it feels like Brown is very fashionable. So I have within a feeling the, within that the, the mix definitely. Yeah, it's it's going to go. In fact, people are going to be coming more to that color, and then like I think most people really appreciate that when you know any that anything you buy to your home has a bit of history and has a story to tell so. I think so it's sort of adding those layers isn't it you know you don't want everything that's brand new you want things that are going to tell a story and I love that you you might you know you might decorate a room but then you've got a space and that space stays like that for a few months because you want to, you just might come across something amazing that's vintage we had as we were growing up this um there was a door, an internal door, and it was a paved, a, a pane of glass in the door, and it was etched with family department. And it must have gone into a kind of, it originally went into a pantry, and then my mum knocked through the pantry into the garage, and they made it like a little TV room. But we, I had commissioned a piece of artwork that says family department oh, on it oh. for our house. It's a, like a little nod. Oh, that's yes. lovely. So gorgeous. So does your mum come into your home now and see any of her own style, do you think? Does she come in and sort of think, oh, yes, this is what I – have you influenced your mother, I suppose, is what I'm trying to say? I think we've definitely influenced each other over the years. She was very – I went to the Laura Ashley Press Day a couple of weeks ago and it was very nostalgic for me because they had a lot of the old – prints and archives and my mum was such a big Laura Ashley fan and she had the wallpaper and the border and you know all of that my childhood bedroom was Laura Ashley they always had the borders they loved a border the 80s house and I think with the house that I was born in which is a slightly different house they she was very bold so she had a bright red carpet running up the stairs and she had that beautiful uh, I can't remember that it's a so who, who does this remind me of? This reminds me I of I know. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Obviously gone in, hasn't it? It's gone in. But she, And she loves our house now and she does find it. She loves the colour. I think she's she's gone for a spotty stair carpet in her new house in turquoise with a but she's yeah, she she does love colour, but she's kept stuck to a teal and a yellow in her house and she loves it. But she's very house proud. So she does she ask for your advice or is that just completely from her own imagination? She does ask my advice. Whether she listens to me is another matter, but I don't <laughs> But she does ask me. 
<laughs> I think she's a bit more neutral than I am. I think she she tends to think I'm just going to, I like it nice and tidy, whereas I'm a little bit more, no, let's add another cushion, that kind of thing. <laughs> what, what, what do you think are the elements for you that you need to, because the, the whole podcast is the joy of home. What what makes a joyful home for you? What 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 are the elements that make it joyful and joyous for you? Aside from the people in it, <laughs> um, and the dog, I think. Uh, do you know what I I love when friends come over, whether it's just for a cup of tea or they're coming over for a glass of wine, and their shoes are off, and they're comfortable enough to just curl up on the sofa without without feeling. Like they need to ask. It's just something that feels natural to them. I love that. I love that my home makes them feel so comfortable and enveloped that they they are just themselves. There's no standing on ceremony. You know, I'm I'm I remember my parents always having quite formal dinner parties and things, and we're really not that kind of family at all. I'm much more I, I'm much happier doing a kind of picky buffet everyone sit where you want I'm not worried about you know crumbs because we'll hoover them up afterwards so I'm very we have I'm dogs kind of as comfortable. well dogs are quite good for that purposes yeah, any dog, food dogs crumbs. train you not to be too precious yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah well my lovely my gorgeous new sofa that I just spun the camera around to show you is actually covered in blankets because she's been out for a muddy walk this morning and she likes to jump up <laughs> and that's the other thing you know I'd said before we got the dog I said she won't be allowed upstairs she's not going to be on the sofa she's on everything <laughs> she sleeps in our room in her little bed you know she, she's she, just, can't, she can't read the rules Erica she can't read that. No. <laughs> that list the list that's stuck to the list she can't read that <laughs> No, exactly. <laughs> and have you got a favorite space in your home? Is there one room or one space that you just love the most? I love the room that I'm in at the moment, which is the room at the end of our kitchen, which used to be a conservatory. But when we moved in, we turned it into a proper functioning room. So put a roof on it. And it's just, it's really sunny. The sofa's so comfortable. We're near the coffee machine. You know, there's just all Perfect. these. Yeah. <laughs> it always looks so bright in there. It's beautiful. It's very, very sunny. And I've just had spin around so you can see. I've just had those those kind of cushioned oh, curtains put in. It looks so comfortable. It, and that's made such a difference. It's really comfy. It's where we all curl up on a Saturday night watching Strictly. And this, to me, my kitchen and this particular space is definitely where I am most of the time. Do you have a more formal space? You've got a, a formal, a more formal sitting room? I mean, yes. So the Juniper Ash room that I mentioned earlier, that's the kind of, and I will go in there. So if the boys want to watch the football or something and they're in here or my husband's cooking and wants match of the day on or whatever he's watching and I will quite often go in the other room or if I want to watch something and close the doors and just have a bit of, you know, time away, I, I do that. Um, and it's, but it's more Christmas room and, and, we all have one of those, yes. Yeah, absolutely. I We have exactly the same sort of thing. I've got a dining room. I really wanted a dedicated dining room in my home. And really, it gets used for Christmas, you know, nicer occasions. The, the dinner parties that I thought I'd have, that I don't have. <laughs> As you say, <laughs> I, my home has become more of a comfortable home. I don't have those grand dinner parties that I thought I would have. But yet, I love decorating a dining space. 
I know, tablescapes. Yeah, me too. I love a tablescape. <laughs> I mean, because we did have, so we could have a separate dining room, but it, we actually decided to use it as an office. My husband works from home a lot. I've got space in there. We've, we've sort of doubled up two IKEA trestle tables. Um, in the middle of the room and we actually when we were decorating it we put sockets on the floor so that we could have it right in the middle of the room so that became our home office and then actually the de- the table that I'm sitting at now is our only dining table but I love that I love the fact that I've got a big dining table I love decorating it at Christmas all my linens are in my pink cupboard over there with the drawers and things so yes this I like the fact that it's all in the kitchen and it just feels less formal and fussy. And no, I, think that's, I agree. That's yeah. definitely my kind and of And it's bag. good to have it's good to use up all your spaces. I find that in, in what makes the homes in UK and in, in Finland different that like lots of people here really want to have a guest room or spare room and they might have overnight guests twice a year but there's a whole room sometimes multiple rooms whereas in Finland when we go to our visit our friends we just sleep wherever because you know people don't think that why would we having a whole big empty room for- it's so interesting that idea because we did speak about this before Susanna Susanna as you say it's unusual to have a room that doesn't get used unless your guest comes once every six months and of course, we've, um, I don't know if it's a, it's, it is a British thing. We've been brought up to think we've got to have your, you have got to have your space for the guest. Well, houses are still st- sold by the basis of how many bedrooms you have. So I feel like that that's a kind of like almost like a very important, no matter if you need to have all those bedrooms, it, it's, it still seems to be like the most valuable thing. But then it becomes, in my case, it becomes a dumping ground for the ironing (laughs) and, you know, the kind of my sort of my fashion rail is in there at the moment. So things I need to shoot and I've got to organize. You're using it for something else. I'm not against at all having I have a guest room, which my poor husband, who really did not lock out when we were dividing the working (laughs) from home spaces, he has a little corner at our guest room and I have this whole big magnificent room all for myself. We don't do sharing. I don't share my workspace. I can't. <laughs> this, is, this is just for me. So, uh, but you know, at least you're using it for something. It doesn't really matter if it's a bit of an occasional I know, but if dog. there wasn't a bed in it, it would make it much easier. And in fact, I was thinking the other day, I haven't got a plain wall in my whole house. You know how on um, Instagram, there are lots of fashion content creators who have got a beautiful space they might have a little vase behind or a plant or something like that and then they've got this clean wall I was thinking I haven't got anything (laughs) anything like that and actually if I had a spare bedroom that was plain I could do that that's very true I realized that when I had to take a um a passport photograph and it said against a plain background (laughs) and that's what I first realized I don't own a plain background anyway there's faff I'm glad I'm not alone Paula (laughs) (laughs) it's just everywhere that's why I shoot against I've got a bright orange cupboard on the landing because it's the only real kind of plain ish I really like that cupboard that was an eBay find good old eBay good old eBay but I love I love all of you you've got so many pieces actually that are big solid pieces that you've done with wonderful pops of color which I think is such a skill I think that's such a skill to do well a lot of them were um covid project so i painted the, the green the green one there oh, wonderful and the orange one i painted the, all what of this what color is that green it looks like arsenic. that is antibe green from annie sloan beautiful it's it's sort of it's got a similarity to arsenic by farron ball 
that sort how, of how do you remember all these paint color names that's amazing i get asked about my paint colors all the time and i have to always go to my little notes to have a look what was that i, I, I only I know five colors it's, it's more impressive than it sounds i only know about five colors it's fine okay right okay i told you this is like oh it's just like the arsenic from the springs <laughs> is it <laughs> impressive <laughs> she's got the color palette yeah, running yeah, through yeah. her mind at all times to my computer <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's been so lovely chatting it's what we found is that it's um when we chat it's just so organic and it just goes where it goes because it's we love we're both very nosy so it's just really lovely to hear the history behind yeah people's really names is. and what they like and and with you it's it's been so even when we see your sunday styling you do such wonderful um series on your instagram and um, as Susanna says, when we see the things that you like, it's so you. I can identify your Sunday styling even before you put your name to it. And um, and it's enthralling and wonderful and very in keeping with the um, the Erica style that we know and love. So it's it's been such yeah, an honour and wonderful is. to have you on here. Yeah, well, thank, thank you. you both so much for asking me. I've loved it. Can we not just hang out and chat all day? I, <laughs> I wish. Next time with wine. Thank you very much. <laughs> Next Monday then. <laughs> but where can everyone find you, Erica? They can find me on my Instagram. I'm Erica underscore Davis. And I think I'm the same on TikTok, but with another underscore at the end of the Davis. Did you also have a new book? Or have I? I did. I do. Yes. So my second book came out uh, in July. It's called Style Chapters. And yes, that's out out now. And what's that about? So each chapter is about a different time of your life where you might have lost your confidence with your clothes. So whether you're starting your first job or you're grieving or you're lose, you know lost a relationship or you're going through menopause, it's a time when hopefully every woman will identify and see that you know you don't have to lose your confidence. You just might need to have a little rethink. Sounds like a perfect present for somebody, I think. It really is. It's yes, a wonderful good one. Christmas present. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for joining us. And um, I'm sure we'll see, we'll see you soon. See you soon. Thank you both. <laughs> nice to see thank you, you, Erica. You too. If you like this episode and would like to help the Joy of Home podcast, please share with your friends, rate and review. And you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever else you listen to podcasts. 